Thank you for tuning into the Shorts Decks. I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian. And I'm Lizzie Jelly, Virtual Engagement Librarian. This is the show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, listening to, or watching. And today we are going to be talking about graphic novels. Yes, so excited. A little bit of what we've been reading and watching. Yes. Because there are so many graphic novels that have been turned into movies and TV series lately. Yes. That we got to talk about it. Yeah. So did you want to get us started off with um, one of the ones that you read? You, you read Hardstopper, right? <laughs> yes, I yes. did. And how many volumes of that are there right now? So there's currently four. Okay. I know there's a fifth one coming. Okay. But, oh my gosh, y'all know I loved it, right? Yeah. Because I love romance. I love rom-coms. And I love, like, YA romances. Mm-hmm. And it's everything I could want and more. Uh-huh. Um, there's four volumes out now. The first one came out in 2020, so it's still relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's recently been adapted as a Netflix series as okay. well. The first season kind of covers the first two volumes. They're super quick reads, which is awesome. But also you can, like, reread them. Mm-hmm. I, like, read them all, like, three times before I brought them back to the library. So okay. I'm sorry if you've been looking <laughs> for them. They were at my house. Um, all four of them. So. And they're a queer romance, right? Like, they it, are. Is it oh. two teenage boys? Is yes, it is. Okay, okay. Okay, so it's a coming-of-age LGBTQ romance, and it's a lot about, like, coming out, Mm -hmm. discovering who you are, navigating, like, high school bullies and homophobia, um, and also rugby. Okay. Because both of our main characters, Nick and Charlie, um, they play rugby. Oh, awesome. It's really cute, actually, and they're, like... Very much like, not even like a sunshine and grump trope. They're both just like little cute sunshines <laughs> who play sports and are adorable and love dogs and okay. just like go on cute little dates and like discover who they are. And it's so, I don't even, like, my notes are literally just in all caps, so cute, so sweet, so wholesome. <laughs> like, I recommend it to everybody. But at the same time, like, so they're going through like high school, like mm-hmm. they meet, um, Nick is a year older than Charlie and Charlie is in like... 10th grade, our equivalent. It's set in the UK, so the language is a little different. Their school system works a little differently, but, like, essentially they're, like, 15 and 16. Okay. Um, And at this point, Nick is not out, Uh isn't really, like, thinking about his identity in that way, and Charlie has been out as gay for a year. Okay. At the point when they first meet. And so Nick is, like, trying to navigate what it is to, like, have feelings for another boy and, like, what that means for him and his sexuality. And eventually Uh he settles on, like, bisexual is making sense for him, but Uh it's really, like... You get to watch him, like, kind of go through that, like, I don't know what any of these words mean. I had to look them up. And you see him, like, Googling it on his phone, like, what is bisexual? Um, And it's so, like, it's just adorable the way they present it in, like, a very safe and sweet and wholesome kind of way. Yeah. But also, yeah. sense for, like, that age group that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know all these things. And you would be, like, looking into what does this mean and who am I as a person. Absolutely. You got to learn it somewhere, right, at some time. And so it's, like. It's cool to watch them navigate it in a really, like, honest way, uh-huh. as well as, like, of course, you know, it's part of, like, the queer discovery arc that you have to, like, Google all these terms at some point to figure <laughs> uh-huh. out what it all means. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's cool to, like, see that incorporated into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, just besides it just being very cute and wholesome, it does cover some very serious growing up teenage uh-huh. themes as well. Like, there's a lot of discussion about, like, bullying and, like, mm-hmm. what happens when your friend is the bully and, like, how mm-hmm. you step in and kind of intervene and mm-hmm. what that looks like for the future. There's discussion of, like, some really difficult family relationships uh-huh. and different family structures, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, they also, in the fourth volume, they have a really interesting conversation about, like, relationship dependency. Okay. And how, like, their parents kind of talk to Nick and Charlie. They're like, you two are getting very dependent on each other, and it's mm-hmm. good to, like, talk to your other friends yeah. and, like, 
know that your partner is not your only support system. Yeah. And I was like, can't be your whole world. Exactly. I was like, this is like kind of deep for a while. but so important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because at that age, yeah, it's really easy to let that other person become your whole world. Exactly. It's just us against the world. Oh, yeah. And they're like, that's the only person you talk to about anything serious. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure. Right. And also it's not, you do better with a whole support system. And so there's really great moments where they like you know get together to like talk to their parents about difficult things in their lives and I'm Mm -hmm. like wow this is like such healthy relationship modeling I love it so much (laughs) (laughs) and it's still like it's so cute it's so romantic I I can't say enough good things about it yeah Yeah, I really (laughs) want to check it out and I've heard a lot of good things about the show too so I'm curious about the show it is it is and the art style is like this really cute like monochromatic watercolor and there's Uh like little like leaves that flow through and Uh little butterflies it's like it's it's just adorable. <laughs> it's so, like, I just open it and, like, my heart just explodes. Like, my heart was stopped by heart stopping. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one of the ones that I read actually isn't based on a show, but it was inspired by the fact that I watched Reservation Dogs, like, the oh. first two seasons. Yes. And it is a band that I did not realize was a Native American band until it was brought up on Reservation Dogs. And I was like, oh, wait, I know that song. And then there's this graphic novel that came out. It came out in 2020. But, um... Yeah, it's the story of the band Redbone, and if you're not familiar, you think you don't know, you might actually know, because they're the ones who sing, come and get your love, ooh, come and get your love. Um, Great work. My, my terrible rendition of their song. No, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, the 60s, 70s, uh, rock and disco, and it was really interesting reading about them, because originally they started out uh, with all the, all the members that were in it were indigenous, but they in order to get shows, they told people they were Mexican. Mm. Well, and they're from California. And so they were, you know, get these gigs at different clubs and stuff. And I can't remember what the, the name of their band was, but it was like some, you know, like the Lopez band or something like that. <laughs> like that that's not the exact name, but that was, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, because they thought that they would be more likely to get booked that way because of the, the large Latino population in um, California, you know, Southern California area. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, and then over time, a couple of them got more involved with indigenous rights activism and things like that. And uh, they talked to somebody who was like, or they talked to Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. they did. Casual. Yeah, no. And it's interesting because, you know, they talk about a bunch of different musicians that they knew. Um, They talked to Jimi Hendrix and Jimi Hendrix was like, you guys need to put out there that you're actually indigenous. You know, people would love this and... They need to understand your struggles and they need to understand what's going on because um, the graphic novel covers a lot of um, what's been going on in North Dakota and South Dakota with like the pipelines and stuff. And that stuff has been going on since like not even the 60s, since before then, because oh, of the, this, yeah, yeah. The, the reservations and, and, you know, the land rights being taken away from people and some of the corruption that was happening in the tribe itself and, um, you know, how it affected the Oglala community up there. And so, you know, they talk about Standing Rock happening. There's like some stuff that happened with Standing Rock back in the 60s and 70s, and it led to them singing a protest song about it. And they actually got invited to be on, uh, you know, a few different music shows, but they were told that they couldn't sing that song. Ooh. But they did the rock and roll thing and like sing the song anyway, <laughs> which is we love always that. like, yes. And, uh, you know, and like a lot of bands, eventually they had some... Some disagreements and they fell apart, but it talks about, you know, kind of how they they formed their friendships, uh, how they got to be a band, 
how they started with certain kinds of songs and then eventually morphed into adding more political stuff and, you know, how they found their identity as a band. And apparently they had a lot of other hits besides the song that I sang. Um, and I'm really curious to check out more of their music. And so, yeah, if you're into music history, you're into indigenous history, American history, uh, this is a great one. And, uh, yeah, I learned a lot because I remember the Standing Rock stuff happening a few years ago, but I didn't realize that these are some conflicts and there's a whole history behind it that goes back to the 60s in terms of how the land was managed and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I knew that reservations and, and that whole system is messed up, but I didn't realize that the Standing Rock stuff is has been yeah, like the long going history. on yeah. for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that one is by Christian Stabler, Sonia Paulini, and Tibalt Balahi. Um, and yeah, the, the main guy that wrote it is actually French and he is like super into the band and like looked into, uh, you know, like, like got really deep into their discography and like so cool. <laughs> interviewed like different members of the band to talk about their lives and where they are they are now and what kind of how they, they feel about indigenous stuff that's going on right now. And yeah, so it was really good. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that one out too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's one of the other ones that you read? Okay, well, you know me and 99% of what I read is romance, uh-huh. so I read another romance graphic novel. <laughs> no one is surprised. Um, but I read the first three volumes of Laura Olympus by Rachel Smith. This one's really interesting okay. because it came out as a webtoon okay. years and years ago, and it still is to this day, I think, the most like read and popular webcomic in mm-hmm. existence. Oh, I've never heard of it. Oh my, Lisa. I, mean, I, I think I ordered them. But you I did. I'm like, <laughs> I saw them on the shelf and I was like, thank goodness, because I need them in this library and in my life. Yes, so many things <laughs> come across my desk and I'm like, wait. Did, so <laughs> did I have I heard of it, but yes, apparently I forgot about it. So it's a sensation. <laughs> oh my gosh, like people are really into Lore Olympus. Um, there's three volumes, like physical volumes out so far. Um, the first one came out in 2021. So okay. the physical volumes are super, super recent. Mm-hmm. And each volume has like 25 episodes okay. I guess you could call it because like there's like weekly episodes with the web comic mm-hmm. and so like they're compiled in that way and so for me as someone who's followed the web comic for years mm-hmm. um, it was really interesting to see how that format translated mm-hmm. and I think it actually works really well because um, the art style for Laura Olympus is very like digital watercolor and flowy and like when it's first released online you're meant to like scroll through it continuously uh, okay. and so to see that translate on the page is really cool the mm-hmm. way they like manipulated and morphed the art to work with that I loved it and it's very like it's got very striking artwork like every um I should probably tell you what it's based on um it's a Hades and Persephone retelling um so it is it follows like the Olympians but like living in the modern day yeah now I can picture one of the covers oh yeah once (laughs) once it's in your head you're like oh yeah duh like they all have cell phones on their computers like Persephone like goes to university Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like Hades is like a a businessman kind of thing but yeah it's a very slow burn, okay. and it has a really big, like, cast of, like, all the Olympians and stuff, so mm-hmm. there's a ton of characters, but each character has their own color palette, okay. and, like, the whole palette of the comic shifts with oh, the mood of, like, like that. it's really cool. It's really, like, stylized, and uh-huh. I think that's why I like it, uh-huh. and, like, because Persephone is goddess of spring, like, plants kind of mm-hmm. show her emotions in that way, okay. so, like, the kinds of, like, foliage that pop up around her are indicative of the vibes in the comic or uh-huh. like her mood and like her relationship it's it's really cool okay. but it's um it's what's it called it's very cute it's very funny there's lots of humor in it but there are some like um 
what's it called? Some more serious themes that mm-hmm. come up. Like there's lots of discussion of like sexual assault because mm-hmm. we're talking about yeah, Olympic history, yeah, yeah, like our Olympic yeah, the, folklore. Yeah, the Greek Greek myths are now. Yeah, yeah and they don't the um, <laughs> they don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, it is there. It's not graphic, but like it is discussed. Mm-hmm. So like be aware of that going in because like mm-hmm. one of the first scenes that's what you're gonna see. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's really balanced, okay. I think, with a lot of, like, lighthearted humor and, like, Hades' dogs mm-hmm. show up a lot. And they're so cute because, okay. like, everyone knows Cerberus. But in, like, in this comic, he has, like, 13 dogs or something. <laughs> and they're everywhere from, like, giant Cerberus. I don't oh. know what kind of breed he's supposed to be. But, like, this little, like, puffy Pomeranian <laughs> as well who's, like, the most vicious one. Um, but they're really cute. And it's really colorful and bright and I just whipped through them you mm-hmm. know like I checked out volume one I think I read it in 45 minutes and I was like I gotta do it again mm-hmm. um just like Heartstopper so yeah. if you're looking for like a quick kind of romantic read with bright colors cool energy mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it all right cool so the next one that I read is and also in true true Lisa fashion <laughs> um this one is you know more sci-fi and a little bit darker oh yes <laughs> so I uh I read a long time ago the series Sweet Tooth, which is now a Netflix series, and it's actually been yes. renewed for a second season, which I'm super Ooh. excited about because I really enjoyed the first season. So this came out over a decade ago. And so it is the story of a future where there's been this disease and it has caused these mutations in some of the population, but not all the population. So different people are born with animal traits. And the main character is born with, um, like, deer ears and antlers. And then other people, you know, might be born with, like, a raccoon nose and a tail mm-hmm. or things like that. And so they have all these different animal traits. And they also have the char- some of those characteristics of animals where they might be sensitive to, you know, sounds or, or extra sensitive to light or just different different things that, you know, go with, with the animal that is associated with them. And so... Uh, the government ends up implementing this program where they start doing all these studies on all these mm-hmm. people who have these genetic differences and also, you know, some of these people just start disappearing. And so the boy um, in the beginning of the, the series, he we find that he's like living out in the woods with his dad because his dad just took him out to a cabin because he didn't want anything to happen to his son. And so this boy is raised thinking that the world, you know, is a scary place and he shouldn't ever leave his cabin in the woods. And they do pretty well for themselves for a while, but eventually dad gets sick and dies. And then the boy has to figure out, like, well, what do I do now? And he ventures out of his comfort zone in the cabin in the woods. And it's kind of all about his adventures slash misadventures because along Mm -hmm. the way there are, like, you know, scientists who are looking for him. There's still people who are trying to round these people up. And uh, there's still, you know, confusion about the disease and who can get it and who can't get it and whether the people with these characteristics are truly human and sometimes they're not treated as though they're truly human. Um, And it's just, you know, it brings up a lot of questions, like moral questions and uh, a lot of things about, like, around compassion and empathy and um, friendship and loyalty and... It is a really good series. And if um, the series itself, the graphic novel, since it like ended, you know, over a decade ago, you can read all the graphic novels. If you don't want to spoil the show for yourself, you know, I would suggest just reading like the first one. Okay. And then like, <laughs> you know, then you can watch the first season and then you can kind of go along with the rest of them. I don't know how close they'll stay to the series or the graphic novels, but so far they've been staying pretty close. Okay. And so I really like that. Um, you know, I like when they deviate a little bit, but like, 
it's still still mostly the same story. And and the TV show I just ordered, uh, it's coming out on DVD from Netflix. Oh, so awesome. I just ordered it. So we'll be getting the TV show too. So if you're interested in watching the TV show, it is super cute. Um, the little boy is adorable and his name is Sweet, or they call him this guy eventually that he meets along the way, calls him Sweet Tooth because he is obsessed with candy bars. Like that is, <laughs> like he loves candy. And, um, you know, it's good and it's bad because sometimes it can be used to lure him to bad places like E.T. I mean, E.T. wasn't lured to a bad place, but, you know, when they put out the Reese's Pieces for E.T. <laughs> like trail, the yeah. trail, it's like sometimes, you know, the boy in this, like he sees the candy and he's like, ooh, candy. <laughs> doesn't always think through like, oh, this might Wait, be leading somebody from? bad. Yeah. 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 So, but, and, uh, you know, he starts, starts off very innocent and as he goes along, he learns more about the world and more about other people and. You know, he doesn't realize that there's other people like him, but mm-hmm. he eventually meets other people like him. And I, that's all I will say because I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> no, absolutely. I haven't read the graphic novel, but I did watch season one of the show. And I was uh-huh. I was afraid it was going to be kind of scary. And uh-huh. it's got, like, some scary bits in it, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, even mm-hmm. as, like, a scare baby. <laughs> but it, oh, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I was like, oh. It just wrenched me yes. at points, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't! Like, no, protect this little child!" Like, yes, yes, but yes. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. And if you're like an animal lover, yeah, you are also like, "Oh, oh!" I was sobbing <laughs> at parts of it. I was like, "No, put him down!" Yeah, yeah. So I see you've got is that Moon King? Oh yes, it is. <laughs> In true fashion, yet another young adult romance. <laughs> no one is shocked. Um, but I read Mooncakes because it's been recommended to me on my Goodreads over and over and over. It's Ooh. like, oh, we see that you like paranormal young adult romance uh-huh. that is cute and about witchcraft and a little queer. Okay. Why don't you read this? And I said, fine, I'll do it. Okay, stop suggesting it. And I was like, okay, that's why they suggested it because mm-hmm. it's exactly that. If you want a young adult paranormal queer romance, this mm-hmm. is for you, besties. Um, it's like a supernatural romance story between a teen witch named Nova and a teen werewolf named Tam. Okay. Um, and they have to, like, work together to fight off this horse demon monster that's mm-hmm. living in the woods by their town. Um, and there's, like, a cult that wants to use, like, Tam's wolf magic to, like, harness this big scary horse demon. Mm-hmm. And so they have to come together to defeat it. And it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, like, you know, learning that you're stronger together than you are apart. And there's, like, some really cool, like, family discussion as well because like Tam is like very estranged from their family um, because like their stepdad is part of some really bad stuff that I don't want to spoil and but Nova is like her parents have passed away so she lives with her two grandmas who are also witches and Mm -hmm. they like run a little bookstore Mm -hmm. and it's like really cute Mm because she's like oh you want to see the magic section and they like (laughs) go back and there's like all these books about like 19th century witchcraft and people are like whoa (laughs) um But it's, yeah, it's really cute, and it's a lot about, like, you know, coming into your own, discovering your identity, and what it means to, like, you know, leave home, choose to stay home, Mm -hmm. fight monsters on your own, fight the monsters inside and outside, and it's very colorful, it's very cute, and it's it's pretty quick-paced as well, like, it's, like... I read through it very quickly and like the plot, it just zooms uh-huh. right from the get go. Like you jump in and it's like Tam coming back to town after being away for a bunch of years uh-huh. to find Nova. And then suddenly they're like, boom, we got to fight this demon. Let's go, besties. <laughs> and the grandmas are like, great, I'll make a magic cage. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> So judging by the cover, it looks like there's, yes. is there baking in it? So here's the disappointment. Okay. They have like 
one very short kind of scene that's centered around food. They have okay. like a mid-autumn celebration where okay. all the family comes and they eat mooncakes. But it's a very brief mention and it's not oh. really important to the plot. Okay. So if you're hoping for like a really cute like kitchen witch romance, yeah. this ain't it. Okay. But it's still good. It's okay. just different. Like I, I thought they were going to be like, you know, like, oh, we're going to have a little bakery. But no, they run a bookshop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's still really cute and really sweet. But okay. it's, you know. The cooking part is not very... I don't know where why, the title came yeah, from. Yeah, or why they put that on the cover. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, when I see the cover, it makes me think of Bloom uh, by Kevin Panetta, which is about, you know, a boy who meets another boy who is working at his dad's bakery and they fall in love. Right. And all that stuff. And so I was like, ooh, and I, I don't know why, but that is, like, a thing that I enjoy. Is like the, I love a bakery the, romance. The, like, yeah, bakery or just, like, cooking in general. Like, um, Check Please, which is... Um, about a boy who plays hockey and he loves to bake for all of his hockey teammates and he ends up falling in love with one of his hockey teammates and it sounds similar to like, like to like Heartbreakers uh, no, or Heartstoppers. Um, they don't bake for each other but he bakes for everybody else and, and like because his uh, his the boy that he's in love with isn't like out yet and like you know so you have to bake for everybody yeah, but it's really for yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> look I brought cupcakes for everybody but yours is extra special um. yes you get an extra one or yours is like tailored to what you yeah. like <laughs> and then eventually you know they, they come out as a couple and stuff but yeah I love that series it's super cute um, yeah also a graphic novel also a graphic novel <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like a little manga and I can't remember who the author is um she is I can Nigerian, her, and so her last name is like Ngozu or something like that. But yeah, I, I, we can put it in the link. Um, oh yeah, we'll add it to the book list. list. To the book list, yeah, because yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but it is great. And that also started as a webcomic. Um, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I'm going to check yeah, that out too. It started as a webcomic. Also for a while, it was super adorable. I don't think she does it anymore, but she had a... Twitter account for the main character Cute. and he would like tweet all these things about the, the hockey team and stuff while, while she was like doing the comic and like he would tweet about baking and tweet about like the guy he liked. <laughs> like, I love that. That's so cute. I was like, this is adorable. <laughs> yeah. Obsessed. Yes, yes. So I followed them on Twitter for a while, but yeah, I, you know, Twitter's kind of imploding right now, so I don't know no, if they're still on, but yeah. So what else do you got? Okay, I have one more that I have not finished yet, but I tried to break my mold, which, you know, we're all going to be very mm-hmm. surprised by that. And I picked up a nonfiction memoir history okay. graphic novel called Wake, The History of Women-Led Slave Revolts by Rebecca Hall okay. with art by Hugo Martinez. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, I have to go so slow mm-hmm. through it because I know you can't see this because... We're on a podcast, but like <laughs> this is so detailed. Oh yeah, and it's like black and white ink art that's almost reminiscent of like kind of like block printing, and yeah. it's like incredibly detailed. And there's text all throughout it, and it's it's a really heavy topic uh-huh. as well. But it's fantastic so far. I'm about a third of the way through, and it's um, it follows Rebecca Hall, the author's own research into enslaved women's history of participation in slave uprising and slave revolts okay and so she like she does this really cool thing with like the title and like uses a larger metaphor of how like her research and all of us live in the wake Mm -hmm. of a slave ship Mm -hmm. basically and how like we are all constantly entangled in it and everything we do connects back Mm -hmm. and so she can't separate her personal narrative of research mm-hmm. into this from the events of the past that happened. Okay. And so that shows up in the way it's written and like it's 
the narratives are always on top of each other and interconnected. So you're reading multiple stories at one time, which is why you have to go slow. Um, If you're like me, I was like, I need to read everything and see everything. Mm -hmm. But it's fantastic and it's so well done. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she talks a lot about how she has to like read between the lines of history to even Mm -hmm. find these women Mm -hmm. and what that means to like view these records and have to like, one, translate them into like modern English to even understand Mm -hmm. them. But Mm -hmm. also when it says like, you know, 24 people were executed what people yeah, even means yeah what people means yeah and when you think about it too it's like the fact that you know a lot of the slaves couldn't write or read and so it's like exactly you know you you have to parse out things because their narratives aren't included and right so, they were never recorded to begin with yeah. they were like effectively removed yeah. from history and she gives like a really good example of that early on when she's talking about like the aftermath of a slave uprising mm-hmm. and how there's documentation that one of the people was spared from execution because mm-hmm. she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, do we read this as 24 people were executed, one of them was a pregnant woman, and the rest were men? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. that there's a miscellaneous number of men, women, and others in this category, yeah. and we only know the gender of one yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic. She does such a cool job of talking about like working with primary sources and how like emotional yeah. that can be. Like I think people think you just like, go into the historical society and you see a document and nothing happens to you, but it can mm-hmm. be a very emotional experience yeah. to like touch that same paper or like see that photograph. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like it's a roller coaster in a completely different way yeah. than the other ones I read, yeah, but right. I highly recommend it. Cause I, I struggle to read nonfiction cause I'm very slow when okay. it comes to that. And I'm like, I'm that one that like maxes out the renewals. <laughs> um, that's me. I'm your girl. Um, but this one it's, easier in that way because it's very visual Uh and it's like it's fairly short but it's dense Uh and I'm I think I'm actually going to make it through it with only one renewal which is a record for me (laughs) but I highly recommend it if you're interested in history and you really respond to that kind of visual Mm -hmm. nature of it um yeah it's really well done cool yeah and it just came out like last year okay I've had a few different patrons comment on that and that that's Part of why they like the graphic novel collection is because we do have some nonfiction stuff in mm-hmm. there, and it is a lot more accessible to them to understand some of the stuff, or you know, because we have books on like what it was like to be like a Syrian refugee, yes. and we have books on you know slavery, and we have you know biographies of bands or Martin Luther King, or um, you know, we have all all sorts of stuff. Um, I actually took one home that I did not read, but I want to read uh, called Loveless and Babbage, which is about like the the invention of the computer. Oh, and, cool! Like, yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I just didn't get around to that one, but I got some other ones. Um, so, yeah, if you are into nonfiction, but you also struggle sometimes a little bit with the depth of a nonfiction textbook, mm-hmm. graphic novels are a good way. And sometimes, you know, for me, sometimes that's all I need is just that little push because it's like, oh, like that got me into this topic. And now I can, like I have the brain power to dig into something that's a little bit more in depth, where sometimes exactly. I just like if it's more in depth, sometimes I might be like, OK, this is a lot and I just have to set this. Yep. Aside, because I don't have the time or the background knowledge to, like, really sit here and process what I am reading. Exactly. Um, like, I just, like, my brain gets overloaded so fast sometimes mm-hmm. with nonfiction, especially mm-hmm. if it's, like, a new topic I'm less familiar mm-hmm. with. Um, so I love nonfiction graphic novels. I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Um, there's another one that's come out recently that's been on my list for a long time. It's the one called Ducks. Oh, okay. My Year on the Oil mm-hmm. Sands. Mm-hmm. And that's another nonfiction one that's it's super popular right mm-hmm. now. Everyone's yeah. talking about it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really interested in cool. reading about it too. Yeah. Learning more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so the next one that I have is Paper Girls, which is actually a series on uh, Amazon Prime right mm. now. And I am a big fan of this one. Um, 
It is by Brian K. Vaughn, who you might be familiar with the Saga series. He did yes. that one. He also did Why the Last Man, which also got turned into a TV uh, series, but got canceled after the first season, which I was oh, very disappointed boo. by because I love that graphic novel series, and I was really enjoying the TV series as well because it's about, like, this guy who there's this disease that happens and everybody, like, all, all men on the planet die except for him and his monkey ampersand. Because, um, like, <laughs> That's all, a good name. All, all male creatures on the planet die. Um, everybody with a with a Y chromosome. Yeah. And so it's about, you know, kind of what happens in society after that. And I liked I liked the series a lot. I liked the graphic novels. But then in the I thought it was really cool because the TV series was exploring it even more in depth through like our modern lens because it addressed mm. trans folks and how they would be affected oh, yeah. and like all that sort of stuff. And so it was cool. But so yeah, bummer that it got canceled. But anyway, Paper Girls <laughs> is still on. And so Paper Girls is about these four girls who are paper girls in the 1980s. And one day this thing happens where, like, there's, like, this person comes through this time rift. And they all end up in a d- another time and dimension. And they have okay. to try and find their way back home. And so, you know, we learn a lot about them as individuals. Like, one of them is queer, but we don't find that out until, like, the second or third uh, graphic novel, and I won't spoil anything beyond that. But there's, like, they're, like, fighting off these aliens, and the first one, when they get sent back, they, like, end up, like, um, fighting off these monsters in this different dimension. Um, The art is very colorful and bright. It invokes the 1980s. (laughs) And then... Kind of as they go along through through different dimensions, they learn what's going on because it's like there's this person in the future who's trying to change the past, and eventually it comes out that the person in the future is one of them. And then it's like, oh, well, why why is this person trying to change things? What happened to us? What you know? And so yeah, yeah, it's really cool. One of the issues they end up like going back in amongst the dinosaurs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So they get sent back like more than once. Yeah, they get sent more back oh, more than because no. they'll be like they'll be trying to escape a monster or something like that, and then like you know a time rift will like open oh, up again. Oh, so just jumping, or, like, jumping. Yeah, and these people that are like there's these people from the future that are looking for them because they're trying right. to get rid of a couple of them. Interesting. And change the past, and so these people that are jumping usually are the ones who create the time rift. The people from the future, they like okay. jump into the past and they end up finding you know them, and then when they find them, they. And they jump them somewhere they jump else. somewhere else. Wild. And, so, and yeah, and at one point they, they meet um, their future selves. Like at one point, like 1980 something, you know, the girls meet their like 2020 selves. Um, cool. And super weird. And yeah. <laughs> they're like, wait, this this is how I turned out. <laughs> like, cool. I can't like, even maybe, imagine. I know. It's like, like think about what your 16-year-old self thought that you would be like when you were like, you know, 35 or whatever. She'd roast me so hard. <laughs> oh, she would roast me. She'd be like, what the hell happened to She's you? like, what are you wearing? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's like, <laughs> that's totally one of the conversations that happens at one point. <laughs> like, who, why do you look like a mom? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> You look old. I am, so. <laughs> we were supposed to say cool forever. God. You changed your hair. I don't like it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm hoping that that one eventually will be, come out on DVD. I don't have high hopes, though, because Prime doesn't always release 
their series on DVD. Right. And then the next two I'm going to talk about are the same exact story, but they are on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a feeling that Disney Plus is also not going to release these on DVD. But if you have Disney Plus, you might want to read the graphic novels. So we have the She-Hulk series and we have Miss Marvel. I have not read the She-Hulk series, but I really want to because I've started watching the the TV series and I've been enjoying it. Um, but I have read Miss Marvel mm-hmm. and I really like Miss Marvel because Miss Marvel is like a different portrayal of a character that than we normally see because she is uh, Desi, you know, she is Muslim and she has to navigate her new superpowers by also living in this like strict Desi family who right. like has no idea what she's getting up to and she's like sneaking out at night and you know, to go save the world, but she also has to go to prayer like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and try to explain to her friend what's going on. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed the first season of the show on Disney Plus. And it's so far, it's following the the graphic novels pretty closely. Um, there's a couple things that are different. Because um, like in the graphic novels, she I think she gets her powers from the other Miss Marvel, like the oh, white Miss Marvel. Interesting. Like there's some sort of weird thing that happens in the universe that causes this transfer of power. Right. Um, but that's not how it happens in the TV series. Mm. The real Miss Marvel isn't in the TV series other than that, like Kamala Khan, the Miss Marvel in the TV series is like obsessed with like that. The real Miss Marvel. She's like a oh. big fangirl. And like um, at one point dresses up for her as her, like at a comic con. Classic. Like, yes. And so, and it's got a little bit of romance too, because her best friend is this boy named Bruno who works at the like, corner store by her house and he clearly has feelings for her and she's clearly kind of oblivious about it but also they're like besties and um but there's also that element of you know she's supposed to date a I think she's Pakistani she's you know supposed to marry like a Pakistani Muslim man or whatever and um so the you know the parents expectations and also she's not supposed to date anybody right now at all and and Bruno's just like you can tell that he's pining hard, oh. and, um, and sometimes you when you see her interact with him, you're like, oh, there's those are some feelings. You can see too. the sparks. You can see yeah. the sparks. Yeah, there's there's some some tension there, and um, I always enjoy that. It's cute, um, and they convey it really well both in the graphic novel and in the TV series. And again, this is another one that's like super colorful. The artist is Elf, Adrian Alfona, and they. Um, Looking at the art, like, if you look at the art, like, they look, they did a really good job on the TV series of mimicking a lot of the colors and things like that in the outfits. And kind of like how you were talking about with the the Laura Olympus, you know, having different colors just kind of represent things and um, just kind of trying to bring that world to life. Um, So, yeah, I'm super excited for the second season. And then the last one that I have is The Sandman. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people have been checking this out and... Yeah, I just started watching the series. I'm like on episode two. I'm really enjoying the series so far. It's on Netflix. Um, so again, I'm hoping it'll come out on DVD. Because Netflix often does. So I'm like, don't let me down, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it is a very old series by Neil Gaiman. And it is about this guy who is the Sandman, the controller of the dream world. And he gets captured. And all of a sudden, it messes up the dream world. Mm-hmm. And so kind of how you know that plays out. And there's all these different magical characters and then there's also like you know real life characters and the world's mixed together and it's you know dark dark fantasy urban fantasy yes um yeah i love it <laughs> um, i so. love a good dark fantasy <laughs> yes yes exactly 
How what? old is Sandman? Like the original. The originals. Yeah. yeah. They came out like in the 80s, I want to say. Say that. They're quite. Yeah. Um, let me see if it says in here. Uh, 1991 is this okay. one, but this one I think is the, like... Like, like a reprinting, kind of? Not re- just reprinting, but I think this one might be, like, you know, further down in the series. Oh. The one that I've got here, um, it's not, like, the first one. Um, so, oh, yeah, because it's yeah. a fairly long series, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's got, like, it's one of those series that is, like, a series, but then it has a little few, like, different stories that were made that aren't necessarily tied into the main storyline. Right. And so... Like the one that I have right now is one of those. It's not tied into the main storyline, but it's, I mean, it's tied, how to say this story makes sense. It is tied into the main storyline, but it's not like, you know, it's like a, a little offshoot story. Right, like it's like a spin-off. Yeah, like a spin-off. Like, yeah. Yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I was like, like trying to think about it. Like, it's for the fans, you Yes, know? it's for the fans. Yes, yes. So, you know, occasionally we have series like that. And so the Sandman is one of those series. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. All that I've got. I okay. didn't make it through as many as I wanted to because, you know, yeah. tis the season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. I also took a bunch home that I did not make it through. I took a bunch of nonfiction ones home. But uh, I, I had high hopes for myself. All the ones that I took home were like two inches thick. Ooh. And then I was, I, you know, other things happened. <laughs> and all I got to was Redbone. But I enjoyed Redbone quite a bit. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I've read all these other ones and I have enjoyed them. And so many of them are getting turned into TV shows. And yes. I'm very excited to see, you know what happens with a lot of these shows. Um, and there's other ones that we have in the collection that, you know, we've got like The Boys. Um, oh, yeah. We've got, off the top of my head, what else we've got um, that has been turned into a series. Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these newer shows that are coming out have been graphic novels beforehand. Uh, we got, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, oh, yeah. like all the Marvel ones. Um, we have the the graphic novels that go along with them. Um, so if you, if you are curious if we have these series you should definitely check it out um you know check out county cat and see because a lot of them we do have because you know i realize like yeah these shows are popular and like i want i want to know you know the correlations and how how far they like absolutely <laughs> and we have some graphic novels available um digitally on hoopla okay. as well you can find some in there i know they have um heartstopper in spanish Ooh. on hoopla they don't have the english version but mm-hmm. For our Spanish-speaking listeners, yeah, super cool option. Yeah, and or if you're like learning Spanish, like oh, graphic yeah. novels would be a great way because you got the pictures there to kind of help you along to figure yes. out what's going on. No, that'd be really good for a Spanish learner reading Heartstopper in Spanish because yeah. it'd be one adorable, two yeah. very easy to understand what's going on. So uh-huh. great tip, Lisa. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all I've got. Yeah, I think that's all the graphic novels I read lately. As always, if you have any questions or comments for your host, you can email us at shortstacks at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, or iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening, and be well. Produced by Lisa Quintero and Lizzie Jelly for the Shore Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. The song is called Ice Flow and can be found on incompetech.com.